gentlemen, welcome back to the Section K podcast. It's Tuesday, May 21st. On today's episode, we sit down with recent million-dollar rider, Monty Bunton. Monty Bunton stopped by the Section K Cutting Horse Central booth during the NCHA Kit Kat Sugar Super Stakes, took some time out of his day, and chatted with myself, Caden Rutherford, Cody Headland, and our other co-host, Colburn Larson. It was a pleasure to sit down with Monty. It was cool to hear him talk about Highbrow Jackson, kind of talk about learning from Tim Smith and kind of some show pointers that he's, he's learned along, along the way from Tim and uh, kind of what he likes to do away from cutting. So it was cool to sit down with Monty, and we hope you guys enjoy this interview. It's a little bit dated from the NCHA Super Stakes. Chat with Monty Bunton. Before we get into the interview, we wanted to congratulate our champions that have been crowned at the 2019 Breeders' Invitational, starting off with Elizabeth Quirk, who won the 5-6 Nom Pro aboard Cadillac Rays, your 2018 Metallic Cat Open Derby incentive winner. And in, reserve champion in the derby yeah, as the well. Yeah, whole deal, you bet. Um, in the amateur, Langston Patillo and High Style and CD went back-to-back. Back. That boy's um, hot. Yeah, he is hot. And I marked a 225 aboard High Style and CD in the 5-6 Unlimited Amateur Finals and the 5-6 Amateur Taylor Worley Blitz Cat. I think they won it. I, th- I think this is their first aged event win, actually. They've been in a ton of finals. I uh, watched her show out at the Ike in West Monroe. That's a cool horse. Tommy Marvin does a good job hauling the Worleys around, and they're always smiling, happy to be at the cutting. John Rocky, he was the four-year-old amateur champion aboard Sweet Tooth, made it on the bubble, came back and won the finals, so that was pretty cool. Shout out John Rocky. It was good to talk to him the day that I was up there. And in the four-year-old unlimited amateur, none other than Ms. Julie Beasley, aboard CR Dueling Out Tough, won that championship. CR Dueling Out Tough. Also leading the go around in the four-year-old with Big A. 222. That's amazing. Broken yeah. ribs and all, just lays down two two twenty twos, huh? A good horse. I like that horse at the Futurity. She made the finals on it in the Unlimited. Made the finals on it tons of places. Big A's done well on yeah, it, too. Yeah, that's a cool horse. Yeah. Uh, solid program. If there's one to be able to go in the amateur and in the open, it's going to be in that program. So Absolutely. Yeah, shout out Julie Beasley. I know she loves coming and cutting and loves that horse, so congratulations to her on her victory. This exclusive interview with the Section K podcast is brought to you by Dennis Moreland Tack. Tack handcrafted by Cowboys for Cowboys for 43 years and counting. Since 1976, Dennis has built high-quality tack for training, working, and showing. Get the best. Get your tack at Dennis Moreland Tack. Visit www.dmtack.com. You ain't no cowboy unless you ride Dennis Moreland Tack. We are joined here at the Kit Kat Sugar NCHA Super Stakes with a man who burst on scene aboard the Great Stein Highbrow Jackson at the 2012 NCHA Futurity. He's accumulated numerous titles on the West Coast, was the 2013 Limited Open Super Stakes champion, and most recently one of the newest members to reach the million-dollar mark in the cutting pin, Mr. Monty Bunton. How's Monty, it going? How the hell are you, man? Hey, I'm Monty. doing good. Glad to be here. Welcome to the Section K podcast, and welcome to Texas, man. How's your trip to Fort Worth been so far? Uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, I showed two f- four-year-olds that I brought and uh, advanced on one, and the other one had a little tough luck on, but it's going good so far. Well, good deal. Yeah, we, we saw you made the open four-year-old derby semifinals aboard 
dual cap Pepto owned by Mike Flashman. Kind of talk about him. Yeah, Mike and Deb's horse we bought from uh, Chance Ely. Uh, trained that horse originally, and I bought him, I think, at the Super Stakes last year. And he's been really good for me and Mike both. And, uh, he did a great job on that horse, but he's a good individual, you know. Yeah, I saw you show him in the – I think it was the first round the other day. He looked really cool. Had a, had a really nice Yeah, run. you know, he surprises me. I, I, when I was working him, getting him ready for the futurity and doing what we were doing, I, I really didn't realize how good he was, yeah. you know. And I, I'm not saying that he's one of the best horses going or anything like that, but he, he kills him with consistency, and he's got a cool style. For sure, for sure. With that, how did you get into cutting? Um, well, um, when I was 13, I lived and worked for a guy by the name of Yancey James in Bull Verde, Texas, and uh, he was good friends with Lance Harold. He introduced me to Lance and showed me some videos. And, uh, you know, at that point, we had some open steers and a bunch of thoroughbreds and whatever there was to ride. And I started working cows on all of them. And he ended up with a mare by the name of New Money, I think was her name. And he, we were team pending on her, but he entered her and let me show her a couple of uh, quarter horse cuttings at the Rose Palace at that time. Um, and uh, I just really got hooked right off the bat and really enjoyed it. And cool. Yeah, kind of like everybody else get on one time and yeah, pretty much addicted from the start yeah that's exactly right any mentors besides the two you just named um in the sport people you've looked up to or had a hand in the horseman that you've become today well you know yancey was was a probably one of my first mentors that you know meant a lot to me and i don't think i would have you know held my life to the standard that i've tried to without his influence um and then everybody knows, I think, that Tim Smith's been really good to me and been like family and uh, taking me under his wing and helped me in the ways that he could. What's it like learning from a guy like Tim Smith? I know watching from afar, that's one of my favorite people of all time to watch show, especially here in Fort Worth. It seems like he just climbs aboard any horse and, yeah. I mean, yeah, goes he, after yeah, it. So what's know. it been like kind of learning from somebody like him? Well, um, not always easy. <laughs> <laughs> Cody will attest to that. But, um, you know, it's been a cool experience uh, you know he runs a tight ship and uh you know he definitely expects a lot of people working for him or around him um but that was what caught my eye he was showing whiskey in the dirty glass here and uh, at the futurity and my wife and i were staying out in a living quarters trailer that chava had lent us and uh, we didn't have nothing and i saw him show that horse and he marked like an 18 or 19 in the first go around and i i was like man that's just exactly what i'd like to look like and I'm not there yet, but well, I still got time. <laughs> what is so. what is one thing from working for Tim Smith, just on the training aspect of it, that uh, you have learned the most from him? Just training a horse. Training a horse, I, I would have, and I, I would say I've learned a lot about showing. Uh, I feel like that's that's what I've studied. But you know, plug them up into the cow yep. before you go show. What you can train and do whatever you want, but before you go show, plug them up in there. What is a horse that while you were working for him that seemed like every time Tim worked the horse that it, it was just spot on, perfect? And well, um, man, he had so many good horses. That when I first went to work for him, he probably had 40 or 50 horses in training, and it'd be hard to name one. Ragtime, CD, Cat, um, Cat's Full Moon was a great one. Mm -hmm. Cody remembers him. Man, there, uh, there was so many. He, he had a string of amazing horses, and with that came a lot of confidence. And it seemed like everywhere we went, he would win a division, almost everywhere. And, you know, that proved to me that it is possible to be that good. So, you know, that's that gave me a higher goal, you know, for myself. What's your favorite cutting memory, first in the saddle and secondly spectating or helping somebody? 
favorite memory in cutting well you know like i like helping my friends and every time you know when dylan meyer i remember at rancho marietta marked a 225 and when he was first starting to get going that was that i was turning back and that was awesome you know i love to help my friends when they win um but favorite memory in cutting would have to be the semifinals when i showed highbrow jackson that was that was pretty emotional for me and a dream come true you know and uh, the first time i ever brought a horse back here to the futurity and uh I couldn't believe that I'd even made it that far. And when I when that buzzer went off, I knew it. You know, I knew I'd done it and just glad to have that behind me. Ex explain a little bit on the feeling of riding a horse that's that powerful and and having that cool of a style. It just what what is it what does it feel like to be on top of a horse like that well, compared to other horses that you ride? Yeah, he, I think that horse gave me the feeling like when I was showing him, when I was showing him well before I got started getting nervous and messing it up, um, he, he gave you the feeling when your hand was down that you were never in any trouble. You know, a cow could break out of the arena, and he was so locked down and so smart that you never felt like you were in any trouble, no matter what the cow threw at you. So kind of going off the futurity, and I remember – you being pretty young, I think it was 2012, we yeah, said. Yeah, I was 21. Um, what was it like leading up, I mean, the month before the futurity? What was what was going through your mind kind of preparing for that and getting ready for the crown jewel, I mean, the jewel? Right. Did you know? Well, yeah. no, no, you know, yeah, because uh, that was Hayden Upton's horse. You know, he trained that horse and sent him through the sale, and, and uh, they didn't sell him. And, I mean, that was a very famous horse before I ever got close to him. And uh, that horse had actually gone to Tim Smith um, before I got him. Um, I think, you know, Scott was at that time searching for somebody that he was comfortable with at the time to show him at the futurity for, for whatever reason. And Tim got him and, and didn't really, uh, you know, get along with him. So I was working out of Scott Getty's place at that time. So I got him and started working him. Um, I wasn't going to show him. I called Sandy Benelli and tried to get her to show him. Um, I, I, but at that point, when she turned it down because she didn't really think she got along with studs very well and Tim had turned him down, the pressure was really kind of off. I mean, I had a lot of people tell me, man, that was amazing how confident you were and how relaxed you were. But the truth was I didn't feel any a lot of pressure until I made the semifinals. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, man, I really got a shot here. I got a horse, you know. And that, that, was, that was a pretty amazing experience. But, yeah. I remember watching and I remember that semifinals run and <laughs> – I mean, I didn't even like. I just learned how how old you were, and thinking about being a 21 year old kid and Showing coming to your open. yeah, coming to your first futurity, yeah. and I mean, that's what everybody wants. That's what we all. It's a dream come for. true. Yeah. That's for darn sure. Explain your mindset and kind of the feelings you're going through being 21, just a young young man at that stage and, and showing a horse like that that you had done well on and, and done well through the go-rounds. There was a lot of people when I w went to train horses, and, I, you know, I, I started pretty early and was very committed, and um, there was a lot of people um, in my family and otherwise that, that had told me that uh, training horses for a living was a thing of the past and that I wasn't going to be able to make a living doing that. And uh, that was a moment in the semifinals, weird, oddly enough, that I, that I felt like I'd kind of proved to myself in that moment that I, that I was going to – a lot of doubt went away from me. You know, um, maybe that's a little silly or whatever, but for me it just – and then this newest, you know, mark I've crossed is another one, you know, yeah. that makes me feel a little more confident and, you know, hopefully do a job with more confidence and not worrying about those kind of things. You know? Sure, yeah, that Million Dollar Babies right up. If you haven't checked it out on CuttingHorseCentral.com, be sure to, to read that article about all the young guys that have uh, surpassed the million-dollar mark and what they're up to today. 
we interrupt this interview with Monty Button to bring you a new sponsor alert. Brazos Valley Equine Hospitals was founded by Dr. T-Bone Buchanan. His dedication and love for the equine industry has led the practice to develop multiple facilities across Texas, including Navasota, Stephenville, Salado, and Cyprus, and internationally in Brazil. As one of the largest practices in the state of Texas, their hospitals feature experts in sports medicine, reproduction, and alternative medicine, along with board-certified specialists in internal medicine, surgery, critical care, and emergency. At Brazos Valley Equine Hospitals, your horse's health is their passion. With the highest quality care available, their goal is to care for each patient from conception through retirement. As highly trained and dedicated professionals, they are committed to exceeding expectations and to helping each horse reach its full athletic potential. Visit them at bveh.com or Brazos Valley Equine Hospitals on Facebook. So being that you've grown up in this business basically and, and shown it a lot of places, tell us one of your favorite places to show. I think, you know, Rancho Marietta. I mean, everybody can – Triple Crown's kind of a cliche answer these events. You know, of course, we all love – this is – it's the sweetest success for any trainer, I think. But the El Rancho Futurity um, is the, one of the last places we cut outside when we got Drew Stu announcing and they the audience is up above the arena and they're serving cocktails and they're having parties and it's a good time. Complaining that the cattle changes aren't long enough. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. And, and it's, it gets a little hot out there, yeah. but, you know, I, I really – that's close to home for me and Cody has been there a million times, but always a lot of fun at that show. It's quite I'm an gonna, experience. I'm going to make yeah. my first trip out to Rancho this year and I'm good. pretty pumped about it, so looking forward to it. So, while it gets busy at the cuttings and, and whatnot, what's uh, – What's a go-to meal that your wife goes and gets you while while you're at a cutting, whether it's Rancho or or here in Fort Worth or? Yeah, it's a lot different if my wife's there or if yeah. she's not there. <laughs> yeah, so not a lot of licorice and uh, practice Ben candy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But with my wife's there, she takes pretty good, pretty darn good care of me yeah. and uh, tries to help me eat healthy. But um, you know, uh, here in Fort Worth, I'm not going to say it's my favorite place, but. Um, Oh, what's the steakhouse now? I'm drawing a blank. Eddie V's. No. Hofbrau. Hofbrau yep. Steakhouse is a pretty go-to yep. for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of good places to eat here in Fort Worth. And yep. uh, a favorite probably is Bueno Taviola and Paso Robles. I really like I like our shows there, and I like eating there. What is your hobbies away from riding horses? You know, I'm I'm pretty boring in that way. Uh, I, I, as much as I think it'd be cool to be, I've never really been able to get into sports. Um, just didn't really play sports in school or anything. And, um, I like spending time with my wife. You know, we, we do different things. We've been to Tahoe a couple of times and a uh, little indoor skydive. We went to France last year, you know. Just anything to do with her is, is yeah. you know, my hobby, I guess. I'm going to have a new hobby here pretty quick, and we've got a little, little one on the way. Watch oh, nice. out. Congratulations. Congratulations. Yeah, Thank that's you. awesome, man. That's fun. <clears throat> so, being that you haven't really been into sports, how does that sit well with one of your customers, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Dave Yeager? Mr. Dave Yeager, the yeah. Sacramento Kings. Yeah, when he when he first came, I told him I said I'm just gonna level with you right now. I I wouldn't have a clue if you're <laughs> what sport you're in. I have no idea. He just kind of laughed about it. He said that makes it a little sweeter, you know, coming out here. Could be the San Jose Sharks for all money now. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> no, you know he has hooked us up with some tickets, yeah. and um, you know Landy, she just threw a fit when she found out I had tickets, <laughs> and I don't even. Don't even know what you know the game's about, but my wife watches a little bit and stuff, so we had a good time at those games. Tell us how you got hooked up with Coach Egger and and how that came about, and him riding in your barn and buying a horse and having yeah. a horse and training with you. A, a friend of a friend, um, Steve Morgan, a really good friend of mine, uh, a friend of his, knew Dave, brought him out to the ranch. 
and uh, he's got two little girls that really like to ride, and I think that's what struck his interest. And uh, we put him on a cutting horse, and he just immediately started laughing, you know, like most people do. He just like he was on the flag, and the horse took over, and you know, and he he rides pretty well. He works hard at it, you know. Um, but we're, we're having a good time, and I think he's, you know, as time allows later on, I think he'll get a little more active, but he goes out and rides all the time. Well, it's hard to not be drawn to the people you meet and the relationship you, relationships you make in the NCHA, and I know out on the Pacific Coast, going to Vegas and seeing the camaraderie out amongst the, the members of the Pacific Coast Cutting Horse Association is something that's really neat and something I look forward to every summer is going out to yeah. the PCCHA shows and and having fun with all you guys. It's so, got a special feel out yeah. there, I think. You know? I can see why Dave would be would be drawn to that association and all those shows out there because they're a lot of fun, that's for sure. So, Monty, whenever you're heading to a show or you're working working horses at the house, you got any music playing or you listen to anything specific? You know, besides I Section K podcast. Yeah, besides, yeah, K. mostly Section K, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I'm not real picky. I'm not real into modern country, but uh, I like some Texas country and some – you know, Rocco, he'll usually break out with some pretty good music anytime yeah. we're pre-working or whatever. But I'm not picky, but I do like playing a little music while I'm working. Depends on how fast I need to be going, I guess. <laughs> a little classic, classical would probably be the smartest thing yeah, to play. Yeah, smooth and straight, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. That's what they want to say. Uh, what did you see yourself doing when you were a kid? I guess if, I mean, you kind of started into the horse deal at a pretty young age. Did you... Yeah, you know, yourself to anything else? Yeah, no. Um, I always wanted to be a, a horse trainer. Um, I, I enjoyed watching the clinicians when I was a kid. That was my first passion. Uh, Who, which clinicians? Pat Pirelli yeah. and those kind of guys, Craig Cameron. You know, I, um, I really enjoyed that, and that's what I thought I was going to do. And I, and I did have a start to that a little bit. I did some clinics, and my wife and I were first married and uh, dating and stuff, and I enjoyed that a lot. But I, I got you know off to a good start in this and just stayed with it. And it's honestly amazing how many people you come across that had – totally different intentions before they got into cutting i mean you right. hear people that were into pleasure and roping yeah and they try one and i mean you're just automatically addicted it's just amazing to me myself included i cutting just kind of fell into my lap and it's amazing how many people kind of have the same story so right. i think that's super interesting what's some advice you would give an up-and-coming uh, assistant trainer or, or just a younger trainer that is is trying to make it, it, it to start out to start out or, or to get that confidence to know that they're in the middle of a tough process and a tough yeah. grind to, to get to where they need to be. Yeah. You know, um, I think, you know, I might have to think about that a little bit, but first of all, you know, it's going to be really hard. And I, I think that if I would have decided to accept that originally, it might've been a lot easier for me. And um, <clears throat> maybe a little deeper thought on that, that um, I think that if you take a moment and picture your future, um, what you see there is what you're capable of. I believe that. Amen. And if you're, if you, what you see is not what you like, then my advice would be to spend more time on that. You can work as hard as you want, but you're only as capable of what you picture, what you see when you picture yourself in the future. I think that's really good advice, Monty. Yep. I think that's really good advice. Well, Monty, thanks so much for taking the time and, and joining the Section K podcast and good luck to you the rest of the Super Stakes and Good luck to your customers as the non-pro and the amateur competition gets heated up. Yeah, thanks. We're looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. I think you guys are doing great, and this is great for cutting, and uh, you guys are doing an awesome job. Thank, Thank you. you thanks, Monty. Thank we appreciate it, man. Thanks. Good luck. Before we go today, summer is heating up, guys. Be sure and get you some new sunglasses 
Be sure and head over to BexSunglasses.com. Since 2009, Bex has produced world-class lightweight sunglasses that can handle the rigors of your outdoor lifestyle. Visit BexSunglasses.com today and enter KPOD, that's K-P-O-D, at checkout to receive 20% off your next Bex product order. And right now, take advantage of the Bex Travaganza, where every $5 spent equals one automatic entry to win a 2019 Can-Am UTV at BexSunglasses.com. They're also good at blocking the wind. And in case you live in the North Texas or Oklahoma area right now, especially in the springtime, go ahead and get you a pair of Bex sunglasses. That's going to do it for today's episode of the Section K podcast. Big thanks to Monty Bunton coming by the Section K booth at the NCHA Superstakes. We cannot thank him enough. We hope everybody remains safe that's up at the BI during these crazy storms and tornadoes. It seems like every year always always has to be a, a crazy storm or a crazy tornado that forces everyone into the bathrooms or into the storm shelters. So just uh, springtime in yeah, the South Plains. kind of. Regularly scheduled programming is kind of the way I see it. So we hope everybody's staying safe up in Tulsa. And like we said last week, good luck to everybody in the four-year-old open. Uh, the first go-round's coming to a close. Good luck to everybody in the second round and everybody in the four-year-old non-pro. So thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll see you down the road. Adios. Adios.